One of the things that I've always appreciated about you and your output is that whether it's your writing or your production as an artist is that you're extremely vulnerable. There's nothing really that you hide from your audience or your readers. Do you find that there were still new things to uncover in a book that you had yet to delve into through your other outlets and platforms? Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm not an artist who has any interest in um, in outing secrets or writing an expose for its own sake. It's just that I really like, as a consumer and as an artist, I really like true stories, and I've always been attracted most to those. And true stories where the protagonist uh, wins every time are not like interesting. You know how it'll end. You know there's nothing in, for a reader to relate to. So I think both like as a songwriter and as a as an author now, um, I've tended to gravitate most towards those parts of my life or those parts of the lives of people I know and love that are um, either the most challenging or the most confusing, the most memorable because it's those moments in which we're trying to work something out. You know, where we're trying to um, we're trying to better understand, like, how does love fit into the, like, bigger arc of our careers or uh, of, our, of our lives? Or, or how ambitious can you get before you're totally delusional, <laughs> you know? Um, how long should you chase a dream that seems really unlikely, that doesn't seem like it'll come true? Those are, I think, the moments that I've been most inclined to share, because those are the ones that we live most fully, even if it's often in private. Double jointed, triple thread. I'm not some method actress trying to see my my descent. You're gonna have to play the tape backwards. Save that breath for choir practice. Got no time for my detractors. Standing on my staircase, all you are is a fire hazard. Early on in the book, when you're first learning how to rap and you're getting encouragement, the person who's helping you along asks you, why don't you rap the way you write. Now I'm wondering if at this point in your life, do you find that those two are f- still very different ways in how you structure them? You're rapping and you're mm. writing? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that there are some distinctions between the forms that are necessary, right? So it's like, you can write a full-length book. If you wrote a song that was similarly epic, you know, you'd be looking at like an hour and a half, <laughs> which seems like, you know, uh, like a lot to ask from any producer. So I think that there's some things that are built in that are different in each form, you know, and some of that scope and size. Um, also timing, you know, in rap, I mean, usually you're working in 4-4 and you're working like on a re- really regular tempo. So that part of the journey is already locked in. Whereas in writing, you have total license to move really quickly and then move really slowly. I've read one writer who like, titles and essay the things we didn't say and then just included seven blank pages you know <laughs> so you can really you can really play with form and pacing in some forms more easily than you can in others but i do think that my the voice like the sensibility is a lot more similar now between the way that i write songs and the way that i write essays because i've learned how to do both a little more honestly i don't need an agenda I just tell the truth, yo. Let it off the leash and don't touch it. It knows what to do. When I'm running a tight ship, every deckhand here has a five-year plan and an ice pick. They can ride cold, they can drive stick. I got an octave on you when a high kick. Don't blink, I don't block, I'm a bleeder. All I do is hit. I don't want to In my opinion, recollection is such a powerful tool. What have you learned about your adult self by examining the adolescent experiences that you recount in this book? Mm. You know, I mean, in some way, I've always known that the teenage, like the experiences that I had as a teenager contributed to 
my worldview as an adult. I was a really moody kid, um, attracted to language, ran away from home briefly, very early. I know that that feeling of of rebellion and occasional bouts of indignation and sometimes some like epic highs. Like I know I know those feelings still on occasion and sometimes in more muted forms, like on stage. You know, I know what it feels like to want to throw a mic stand. And I know what it feels like to want to yell and and body check and like whip yourselves and everyone near you into some minor fury. And I think those are adolescent feelings usually but I found a job where you can have them still <laughs> in stage performance. I think that that adolescent is still buried within the adult me. Early on in the book, Dessa, you write, I wanted to be considered a success and I wanted to be on the right side of a hard fight. Have those desires been met yet? The success mm. and being on the right side of a hard fight? Have you engaged in a hard fight? Uh, okay, I will say that I've engaged in a hard fight. To forge a career as an indie musician on one's own terms, is a, there's a headwind to that objective. It's slow, it's hard, it takes a lot of time. Takes a lot of creative thinking. Um, as far as feeling like I've achieved, you know, my goals and count myself a success, I think I've come to understand that ambition is is just a, an appetite that renews itself like any other appetite. Do you not allow yourself to feel success mm. because you're scared that that hunger will go away? I mean, I'm talking uh, to you about a published book here. That's that sounds like a win. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, the day that I found out that the book was going to get published, I walked down the street like in downtown Manhattan. You know, I just left the publisher crying. I was so happy. That is a win. It just, nothing stays one. You know what I mean? The publication of this, like my first hardcover, you know, my own devices is, is the title of like my first hardcover book. That counts. That's a milestone. But I don't think that anybody stays completely satisfied with stasis. You know, I, I like, I've, I've been advised by a couple of editors and other writers, like make sure that on publication day, you're working on something new because a lot of writers get really bummed out because they've been working on that book for, you know, years, years and years. And no one day is going to be fresh enough to feel like it's the reward for five years of writing. <laughs> so make sure that you're involved in something that you're excited about that's future looking. I've been Wendy, living with the Lost Boys, you spent as a deckhand on the convoy, moves every night to prove we were something, got confused if it was from a tool that we were running. I've seen Gibraltar, I've seen the Taj Mahal, Soweto, Aya Sophia, Chef and paints the walls blue. I've played to full rooms, I've played the full two. So, a reoccurring theme throughout your life, and obviously this book, since the book is about your life, is falling out of love. I've talked to you on a few occasions about this, going back to Call Off Your Ghost, to Chime, we've talked about this. You write in here, and this it's so chilling in how you describe it, because it sounds like it's something that you just can never break free of when you refer to your own body as being a reminder of him. How does that sit with you, and how do you begin to reconcile that, or do you just accept its lingering haunting? I think that there are thresholds that we can all tolerate. Like we're, We all wander away from perfect in some parts of our lives. Maybe we don't earn as much as we hoped that we would. Maybe... We don't hit the gym as often as we wish we did, you know, and don't look the way we wish we did in the mirror. And that's part of 
real life and being an adult and navigating an imperfect world. Similarly, I think like some degree of sadness is going to be part of our human experience, and we anticipate that. For me, I mean, there have been moments in my life where that we're feeling blue or, or haunted, you know, have exceeded those thresholds that I can comfortably tolerate, and then you... And then you intervene, whether that means you talk to a doc about it, whether that means you assemble a team of neuroscientists <laughs> to try to excise love from your brain. Um, I think I'll always be a little blue, that, like naturally, dispositionally. And like anybody, let's say, who got a divorce, right? It's like, well, that's not my favorite chapter. <laughs> you know, that didn't end exactly how I hoped it would. But I don't feel overrun by it. I think when you use the word reconcile, some of what was difficult for me was to reconcile my ideas about feminism with the really intense experiences of romantic love that I'd had, right? Mm. It's like, is a dedicated feminist allowed to, feel, allowed to feel so shook for so long over dudes? At some point, it's like, I want to be self-reliant. I want to I take responsibility for my own well-being, right? And so to be bummed over a breakup is one thing. That's everybody. But like, af- yeah, after it persisted, I was just like, yo, this does not, not only does this feel not good, it does not feel very woke. I'm wondering as far as the relationship and just the impact that it's had on your life what has it been like writing about it whether it's in song form or certainly in this Mm. book knowing that that person might possibly understand what that relationship has done to you and and how it's taxed you right I've been lucky in that um, like both of the relationships that have been most important to me in my adult life have been with musicians and they get it meaning there's the lives that we're leading from day to day, you know, where you're going to Target and you're cleaning your house and making dinner and stuff. And there's also the lives that we're leading as artists where you're trying to make the very best work that you can out of that daily life, you know? And so is it sometimes weird to write a song about someone who I know will hear that song? Yes. But I've been on the other end of it, too, where I've seen someone write a song that I know is about me, and they're not always flattering. But they're beautiful, and that's more important. And so I've been lucky enough to have dudes say, go do your art. Like, do what you do. And I support that, even if it's personally difficult. You can't be too broke to break. As a woman, always something left to take. So you shouldn't try to stay too late. Or talk to strangers. Look too long, go too far out of I'm glad you brought this up in your book um, because it's something that you and I have never talked about because I just never found it was important. It certainly didn't reveal itself in your music. But you talk about, well, I'll actually read this little part here. There's this chapter where you're referring to being in New Orleans for a writing assignment and you sit down at this venue and there's a musician next to you who's Cajun. You write, in my own career, race and music have always been linked. You go on to write, What's the right way for a fair-skinned artist to share her talent without co-opting? What do I owe to whom and what coin do I pay? How did you come to that question and and have you understood what it means for you? Do you have answers to those questions? No, I I don't think I always did know that was a question. I think when you're 19, or when I was 19 uh, and, and 20 and starting to perform more frequently, I was most concerned with making sure I did a good job on stage. You know, I was most concerned with trying to figure out how to get it the next show. I was thinking more about the very next proximate step. And now, you know, many years into it, um, I'm definitely more aware of 
where my next proximate step fits into a much larger culture. And probably I've paralleled, like, the thinking in, in larger America. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know terms uh, like unconscious bias at 19. I think I could have, under, you know, I understood the idea, but I hadn't articulated it, and that makes a difference. And so understanding that, um, that I get gigs for which I am qualified, but for which other qualified candidates might not have been as carefully considered because they're simply not on the radar of other bookers is an important thing to know because I'm, I don't think I'm ever, to my knowledge, I've never benefited because a booker was like, well, Dessa looks white, so I'd like to hire her. But I know that I have benefited, that I've been in a booker's like, uh, Rolodex and another of my colleagues hasn't, right? And so I think there are a lot more like um, sins kind of than there are villains you know, even people trying to do the right thing participate in these, like, large, broken systems. And that wasn't clear to me at 19. I was just trying to get good. I was trying to get on stage. And now that I am on stage and I am good, trying to figure out how to participate more fairly is something that's at the fore, I think, of a lot of people thinking in entertainment and in other industries, too. I got snow in my pockets, went down again head first. Lace drill bits to my point shoes, pirouette through the hardwood to pay dirt. Night falls, day breaks, time has a funny kind of violence, and I'm trying to keep in mind it can leave you the way you find So let's make the Venn diagram here. Let's get rapper, let's get Dessa, let's get book. Who is the mm-hmm. Venn diagram of who will appreciate this book? Are they the fans of your music, oh. people who already know you, or somebody who, who can appreciate a good story and some sound advice? This is tricky because I think, you know, this is, a, this is a conversation that I had with my publishers a lot in that at first I was totally recoiling from the idea of, like, positioning this book as something that my music listening fans would like. Because I don't want it to be something that's driven by a look. It's not VH1 behind the music. You know, I really wanted this book to stand on its own two feet as a literary endeavor. So I'm hoping that people who like words like this book, you know, for me, the actual construction of every sentence is one of the exciting parts about writing. I like the craft, you know, like finding the perfect metaphor, trying to create subtext, trying to create like a phrase that warrants underlining in the hardcover. So I hope that fans of my music will dig it. I hope that people who maybe struggle to figure out how their love lives are going to shape the larger arc of their experience on the planet will check it out. But more than anything, I hope that fans of writing and literature give it a shot. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much for the conversation, Dessa.